Welcome to The Intersect, the official podcast of Fanbase. I'm Mary, a Creighton practitioner and infertile adoptive mother. A 12-year late endometriosis diagnosis inspired me to educate women of all ages about the importance of authentic and restorative health care for women. I'm Emily, a Marquette user, wife and mama to two NFP surprises, now with secondary infertility, who personally knows the importance of honesty and vulnerability when sharing fertility awareness. With a range of experiences from our different fertility backgrounds, we engage in authentic conversations about all things fertility awareness. Welcome to the place where science and real life intersect. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to the final episode of our first season. Wow. We did it. I know. I can't believe we're here already. It's been so much fun. It feels weird. It's like, well, we, we, we did a whole, we did a whole season. Um, so we hope that you guys have enjoyed, um, the content that we've shared with you so far. I know we had such, so much fun recording it and putting it together and sharing it with you all and getting your feedback has been great. Um, hearing how it's helped you. And, um, I think probably our most popular slash informative episode, that we've seen so far was definitely the pelvic floor physical therapy, which was cool to kind of see how that's made an impact. Um, yeah, but yeah. today we are closing out this season by talking about method choice. We may touch on method wars, but you, you know, said it, you said well, the word, <laughs> I said the word. So maybe now we have to deliver. I don't know. We'll see. Um, you know, we want to, no, I was like, as we started to prepare for this, I'm like, why am I nervous? (laughs) (laughs) Is that how everybody else feels right now? Do I want to tread into the method wars? Yeah. Just kidding. Um, We can do it. We can do it. Um, yeah. So obviously this is one of the reasons why we founded our organization and why we do this podcast is because there are so many different methods to pick from. And so this is, there's, first of all, there's the big question of like, well, wait, how many methods are there? What are they? How do I find out about them? And then it's like, whoa, buddy, now which one do I pick? How do I know which one's right for me? I know. I love when I hear, I feel like recently somebody said there's more than one method. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Welcome. Welcome to the 21st century, 20 cent. Wait, which century? (laughs) I think it's 20. COVID has just done a number. On I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, no, it's like now it's like, get ready to drink from a fire hose open wide. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how it feels. Um, yeah. So today, like the way we're going to approach this, we're going to, we're really going to come at this from our personal perspective, you know, um, which you know, we, we have our own stories with different methods, um, which ones worked for us and why, and how we got there. And then we also have this layered experience of speaking with different women, um, Mary, you as a Creighton, uh, practitioner and me as a fertility awareness coach, um, taught, like meeting with women in this vulnerable space and actually talking through, like, how does this method work for you? And, does it work for you? And if not, what do you do about that? So, uh, yeah, Mary, why don't you, um, I know like your, your story, uh, the stuff that you shared with me, I've always like kind of found it fascinating and edifying for me with how you got started. Yeah. Well, like many people for the longest time, I had no idea that there were multiple methods. I was one of those like, Oh, there's just the one, you know, I knew of symptothermal, but, and that was just synonymous with NFP. It was symptothermal, you know, I had no idea that now, and we also have to establish that every, every method is going to have some layer of health benefits. Like that's just standard, but I had no idea that there were layers of health benefits that are offered between, you know, different methods that can vary. So I, as many, as I've shared before, went for many years uh, with undiagnosed endometriosis, painful periods, heavy bleeding. And it wasn't until I was almost married, almost engaged, um, 
well, I should say after, I think, I think we were like seven months actually into dating that I finally got diagnosed with endometriosis, had my first surgery, and then I discovered the Creighton model. So I think I got kind of lucky. The Creighton model, that was the one, that's really the only method that would fit for me personally, because I had so many women's health issues. So I just kind of got lucky that that was the one that was introduced to me at that time, because my mom knew of a woman who was a Creighton practitioner and she was a nurse practitioner who became a Creighton practitioner and was at our church and actually knew her because uh, from youth ministry, I was a youth minister for a little while. And I, uh, her daughter who later on ended up becoming one of my clients, it was, it's a crazy full circle world, um, or situation. And so, and I like, I really liked this woman. So I was like, okay, let me give this a shot. And then that was my introduction to the, to this, at that point, like I didn't even see it as NFP. I just saw it as fertility awareness, this, this health system that was required because the first surgery did not help with my, my, my pain. Everything was still there. So, um, I'll kind of explain the reasons why Creighton was so beneficial for me. Um, now many people understand Creighton as, um, very, very in-depth, very complex, and it is. And something initially within the first couple of cycles that I charted that was obvious was my limited mucus cycle. So with, with Creighton, you're pretty much getting like a PhD in cervical mucus. So like every, every method um, pretty much like has a as a under, I could tell you want to say something. Well, no, but that needs to be their new tagline. <laughs> right? I mean, Creighton. Creighton model fertility care, get a PhD in cervical mucus. That's right. Like you're like getting really intimate and, and it's standardized and that ability that really gives us the ability to get a good look at, at the condition of the woman's fertility. So within those first two cycles, I could, I was already told that I was subfertile, that I might have trouble getting pregnant just based on my mucus cycle alone. And then as I went on, um, I ended up having several different kinds of unusual bleeding that meant four different things. So I had unusual bleeding due to low progesterone. I had that thyroid dysfunction. Some of my abnormal bleeding showed that I had infection. So then I was treated for that. And then also adenomyosis. So unusual bleeding could, le- could mean a lot of different things. But also something else that they discovered I had was something um, called a luteinized unruptured follicle, which is one of many um, ovulation defects that women can have. And so in this case, um, in some, and there's a few different kinds of ovulation defects that occur after the, um, the follicle is luteinized, which means you'd get a positive LH surge, but the follicle never ruptures like it should. So in this case, um, and it would look normal for any of the methods with the exception that the post-peak phase is, is often, the, the, really the main way you can tell from charting is your post-peak phase um, tends to be extra long. But also if you have a normal post-peak or luteal phase, it doesn't mean you don't have one of these unruptured follicles. It's something that can be diagnosed with an ultrasound. But this was a struggle for me because when you're trying to take pregnancy tests, it, it, your period doesn't start. So it looks like you're pregnant, but you're not actually pregnant. It's just an unruptured follicle and it's luteinized. So it's producing progesterone as well. So um, just some, one of the, one of the, yeah, go that, ahead. That was a question that I had because I, it does an unruptured follicle affect your progesterone production? Like, does it actually make it lower? Um, or, I would from what you're saying now, it's like, it actually makes it higher if it lengthens the luteal. Phase? I think it would probably just be the same as it normally would. It's just producing the same right. as every month, but the egg isn't actually released. So the chart looks the same, like you have mucus, you have the progesterone. So, um, but, but the helpful thing here is, and so this is something that like, if it went extra long, I would need to get a intramuscular progesterone injection to get it to rupture. And so um, that's something that my NAPRO doctor would work closely with me for, but it's just a situation of having like the reproductive issues are often associated with limited mucus. Um, 
um, which is also associated with miscarriage and things like endometriosis. And it's just, it's really nice to have that mucus cycle score um, they, based on that standardization from Creighton that can tell me where do I fall in this. And then um, with the, we also have some supplements that we can take to help, imp you know, improve that. Um, yeah, and then also that connection with with Napper technology, just because of the in-depth help that I need. And of course, we have FEM now. We didn't have that when I was just um, starting. I think I probably still would have benefited from sticking with Creighton just because of that surgical benefit too. But also, um, again, another great option that has that added uh, medical benefit um, just with the doctors associated. But again, it's so, it's so nice now, the longer that we're around this, we see more and more doctors working with any method and that's gonna, that's gonna help women everywhere. Yeah. And it's so, you know, I know like whenever we, we've talked about this before, you've mentioned, you were like, you know, symptothermal was the only method that you knew initially, but it would not have helped you because there wasn't that medical component. I mean, yes, you can technically use the chart to help you diagnose issues, but Symptothermal, I think maybe some methods they're a little bit more aware, but the one that was probably made available to you, which was also the one that I learned, which was couple yeah. to couple week, like there's really not a medical component to that at all. Um, at least not that they introduced us. Um, but it's so funny, not funny, it's just interesting. Like for you, it was all about the health. And for me, you know, we were, like I said, we were introduced to couple to couple league, which is a symptothermal method. Um, and it was all about, you do this to avoid pregnancy. That was the only, that was really the only thing that was emphasized. There was no understanding of your ovulatory cycle is an indicator of health. There was no deeper understanding of this. It was just, well, you need to chart your mucus and you need to chart your temperatures. Um, if you want to avoid a pregnancy, that was it. And so there was just, there was no real, you know, and, and like we have on our website you, that fertility awareness gives you three options. You can avoid pregnancy, you can achieve pregnancy, and you can identify health issues. It's like those two other options weren't introduced. So there was this pressure to do it, quote unquote, right. Well, we got to avoid pregnancy, you know? And of course, like my husband and I, like we were just kind of that stereotypical couple of like, well, we need to avoid for a year. Um, we didn't really understand the process of discernment. We didn't understand like, you know, that a year is, is really an arbitrary number. Um, it, it certainly was for us. I mean, like, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, I know people like swing this pendulum the other way and they're like, well, you can't get married unless you're willing to have babies. And it's like, okay, no. Um, <laughs> we were, before we realized we were infertile, we were always just like two years. That was our arbitrary number. Yeah. I don't know where the heck yeah. it came from. It was just yeah, that's only two like, years. I don't, that's how long it takes a new married couple to get settled. Right. At least in our own brains. Right. right. And it was like, really, I mean, on it and you know, that there was like this, yeah, because there was this emphasis on just avoiding, um, but also like, I, I didn't realize this. like, I came into marriage with this deeply ingrained idea that I needed to make sure that my husband had as much sex as possible. I don't know. I can't pinpoint exactly where I got that idea from. It was probably just from a bunch of different places, but it really made it difficult whenever we started practicing the method and like doing it by the book meant that we had two weeks of abstinence. And I was like, I like the guilt that I felt because I was like, and the pressure. Like, yeah. And so I was like, well, we've got to be doing this wrong. Um, and so, you know, I was always like, so nervous, like to tell my husband, like, oh, you know, like we can't do it tonight, you know, because nobody introduced the idea to me either to us that the reason why you don't chart men is because they're fertile 24 seven right? That it's the combined fertility. It's not my fertility. The only reason why we have to chart my cycle is because I'm the variable. He's the constant. Yeah. He's always for, unless he actually has fertility issues, um, you know, he's always fertile. And so that was just this idea. And also there was this idea that, you know, the way that we share fertility is because we, he keeps the chart. And, and of course he didn't want to keep chart. He doesn't like, he doesn't care. Like, that's just not his thing. And it's like, 
And that was perfectly fine, but there was no other tool that we had to share fertility. And, you know, years later, I realized like, oh, the reason why we share our fertility is because he's always fertile. We're always sharing our fertility. It's combined. Um, but that was never introduced in marriage prep. Um, and, and our, our diocese, they actually did a really good job. Like comparatively speaking, we had to do three, three hour sessions with couple to couple league as a couple. And so, and even then there was still so much missing. And it was like, it was just this older couple who was like, we were on birth control and we switched to this because we're crunchy and we didn't want the chemicals anymore. Um, and that was just kind of, you know, and we do this to avoid pregnancy. Um, and so, yeah, there was just no leeway. So needless to say, like I'm coming in with all these unrealistic expectations. We got pregnant three months into marriage. Um, so I, I kind of joked, I was like, I see what you did there, God, we said we needed to wait a year and, uh, our daughter is due literally two days before our first anniversary. Not exactly what we meant, but I see that you, you know, you kind of had a little bit of fun with the, with what we, what we asked for. Uh, but of course she was a C-section full breach. And so we were like, okay, we need to avoid a pregnancy. Well, a friend of mine had been using Creighton, um, and she was able to avoid pregnancy successfully during the postpartum period. So I was like, okay, well, let me give this a try. Um, and you know, I only had to track one symptom. Great. This is going to be so easy. And you know, the thing with postpartum, you didn't realize you're about to get your PhD in cervical mucus at a A PhD. You didn't want a PhD. I couldn't handle getting that was key is that, you know, of course, like I realized recently that like I processed my first C-section as traumatic. And so take this traumatic C-section. I cannot have another C-section combined with, I owe my husband sex, but then throw in just for good measure. I didn't have an instructor who taught me proper breastfeeding protocols And also this added layer of she had been suffering from infertility and couldn't relate to my situation. And so we weren't meeting as often as we should have been. Um, Like I said, she didn't teach me the proper breastfeeding protocols. And seven and a half months after my first, we got pregnant with my second, like literally the first, as soon as my fertility returned. Um, And so you know, second C-section. So I am just like, you know, my husband and I, when we were pregnant with our second, I was like, well, we got to use condoms because obviously NFP doesn't work. They told us that we could use this to avoid pregnancy. It doesn't work. Like the church is nuts. Like why, why are we using a thing that didn't work? Cause I didn't have the tools at the time to understand why it wasn't working, that there are method options, that there is such a thing as not having a good instructor fit and the effect that that has on your practice. All of those things that we talk about in our organization now. um, Yeah. And so of course, after Thomas was born, switched to Marquette, because by that time, everybody I knew had discovered Marquette. um, And the psychological relief was instantaneous because going from Creighton during postpartum with all of those pressures and that lack of information, and then all of a sudden going to this method that was just, you pee on a stick, stick it in a computer and the computer calls the shots. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Give me all of this, you know, <laughs> hello sanity. I missed you. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, like it just, you know, and I always at the time, I mean, I, I learned three methods in three years. We literally forked over probably $1,500 in instructor costs and materials. And we were told that this was virtually free. And you just know? to think how you could have been spared. It is almost like yep. you were unintentionally set up to fail. I mean, and yep. that's what we're looking at. We're not get when we don't have honesty and good education. It's, yep. and it's not intentionally. These people are, I mean, they're doing the best they can. They're just, you know, they're, they're missing a lot of important information, which is another yep. reason why we exist, you know, yep. to help that bridge those conversations. Yeah. And so of course, obviously, you know, like you hear your story and you hear my story and you're like, oh, well, Mary obviously thinks that Creighton is the best method. And Emily obviously thinks that Marquette is the best method. And it's like, nope, 
this was the best method for you. This was the best method for me, but there is no such thing as the best method. And it was actually, it was so healing for me talking with you about your experience with Creighton. And I know we had kind of like this weird thing where we were by, where we were like, you know, I was like, wait, you had a good experience with Creighton? And you were like, like, wait, what the heck is okay? Bad experience? Yeah. And you were like, you had a bad experience with Creighton? What That's is totally that? true. Yeah. Yeah. And so this kind of like the, just this vast difference and um, just really helped us understand like, no, there is, there are all of these method options and thank God for that. And now how do we figure out which one is, which is best? Um, and how do we set up a, a website and an organization where we can actually foster that? So obviously we put so much time and intention in like our method overviews page and, and what is fertility awareness in our user database and partnering with the body literacy collective, um, who produce the read your body app with their fertility educators list, which is awesome and so thorough and just love what they've done with that. (laughs) It was literally exactly what we wanted to do pretty much like almost to the letter and they did it. And we were like, Hey, can we collaborate with you? And they're like, yes. Well, because we were about to create one ourselves and we were like, somebody already did this. Let's not do it ourselves. Like let's not reinvent the wheel, but something our friend Lisa says that I love. And I think it's like a, a really helpful way to put this like framework into context, but she says the best method is the one you're going to use. Yes. The one you're going to yep. use. It's like so simple. I'm like, yes. Yep. yep. And it's, it's individual, you know, yep. like if you were stuck with the first two, you simply wouldn't have used it. You said it said so yourself. You were, you were like, why not condoms? You know, why not this? But it's what a gift to have so many options. So we have the three different method types. And then we have various options within the method types themselves. Yeah. So there's something that likely works for the individual woman. It's just, what are you going to use? What's going to fit into your life, to your personality, your relationship, and then what instructor is going to fit into that as well. Yeah. And also this was something that, um, when I went back and listened to our episode with Dr. Caldwell, which if you miss that episode, it's episode eight and you're definitely going to want to catch it. Um, but I loved how she talked about the importance of recognizing your own maturity level, just to be frank. Um, because fertility awareness is like, it is a, it is a, it is a discipline and it is an intensive practice. And it's like, you need to make sure that you're at a place in your life where you can, encounter the messy parts of who you are. Cause that's what fertility awareness is going to do. Um, that you're in a healthy place to do that. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it could be a chicken and egg question or carton horks question or whatever euphemism you want to do, because like on a certain level, fertility awareness can help you to foster that maturity, but also it could kind of backfire. Um, like I've talked to, you know, whenever, women are interested in getting into fertility awareness when they're single. I always make sure to tell them like, look, it, it's hard to do this. If you don't have a serious health need, or if you don't have a serious need to avoid a pregnancy, you don't have that, um, extra level of motivation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's something to take into account. That's not to say that you shouldn't be tuned into your fertility, Um, but it's going to be difficult to maintain the discipline when you don't have those higher motivations, not higher motivations, but you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I know what you mean. Bigger like motivations. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, whenever I, I know that we've kind of, I, I mentioned method wars, we'll just touch on it briefly. Um, but I know that there's like, there's some instructors or there's like some people who work in different methods who are like, this is the best method of NFP or fertility awareness. And it's like, there is literally no such thing. Well, it there's would mean no every woman thing. is the same. Exactly. And it's that's where individual individuality bingo. That's it right there. If we are actually an alternative to birth control, there is no such thing as a best method. That's what it and is. Say there is such a thing as a best method. You're no different than birth control because you deprive the woman of her choice. Mm. Oh, that is rich. So yeah, take that method wars. 
<laughs> that's that's what drives me crazy is like you know and even whenever we talk about like the medical interventions like napro versus others it's like napro is great but it's not a cure-all it's not a cure-all i i i hear from more women who were like i was promised the world and i got nothing and i'm like i'm so sorry it's like you need to walk into these things with appropriate expectations and i know that that was something that i wasn't given walking into the nfp world um and maybe you feel that way a little bit to some degree like in just in regard in regards to your fertility in general you know we kind of just take it for granted it's like well you get married you make babies it's what you do and um yeah it's having those appropriate expectations that are individualized, you know, it's like, no, I'm going to look at you as a person and I'm going to, you know, help you to learn who you are. And then we're going to use that information for individualized care. Like if we really, really want to provide an alternative to birth control and IVF and all these types of things that may solve issues, but they come at a high cost, you know, like, let's provide an actual alternative. Let's provide fully informed consent. Let's give people realistic expectations. It may not necessarily be what they want to hear. You know, like you don't want to hear that NAPRO isn't a guarantee. You don't want to hear that, you know, if you use fertility awareness, like you might be able to plan your family, but look at me. <laughs> you might not, you know, and look at either of us. I know. Right. And it's <laughs> two like, out it two. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that fertility awareness was a failure. Like that's what, when you look at hormonal birth control and you look at IVF, like there's, there's really, it's really black and white, like pass fail. But with fertility awareness, there's such a, there's, there's a spectrum, there's a gray because it is about those three options, avoiding achieving and health right? And recognizing that these things are processes that when you get down to that individualized holistic care, you're talking about a process, a long-term process. So it's, you know, there's going to be like what your victories look like. It's not going to be necessarily black and white and that's hard, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to talk too about the flexibility too, and share a, a few of my own client stories too, because, um, what I've, I've personally experienced with clients and just, again, it's been the more really I've talked to you, Emily, that I've understood the value of these options. I understand more of like what Marquette has to offer, what Symptothermal has to offer. Mm-hmm. And it's been so interesting to see, um, again, in my own clients, the, you know, the variability of what works for them with each individual woman. So I think, so, you know, if I'm working with a client, I can tell like Creighton is, is too much for them. It's too stressful. Like they can't keep up with it. Um, I, I, I always like to share with them the, uh, that, that they do have options. Um, so lots of times I'll recommend Marquette for various reasons and uh, I have actually three clients and this doesn't work for everyone, but again, everybody is individual. I'm not sure the method heads would suggest this, but it works for these women. They're not here. <laughs> yeah, they're not listening, right? Um, I have three clients who are actually using Marquette and Creighton at the same time. So they like using Marquette to avoid pregnancy and they like using um, Creighton for the, for the in-depth health benefits. And they're maybe, they're probably working with like a NAPRA doctor. I have one woman who started charting Creighton with me before she got engaged and then she got engaged not long after that, got married. Oh, and she connected with a NAPRA doctor in the meantime. Um, and then once she got married, she decided to switch to Marquette. And so I said, okay, great. Good luck. And then a few months later, she said her NAPRO doctor would like to see a Creighton chart. So I was like, okay. So we charted for a few more months while her doctor got the information that she need. And then she was like, okay, my doctor said, it's okay for me to continue with Marquette now. So I'm going to start Creighton. I was like, okay, great. You know, so there's this flexibility that is allowed. Um, Mm -hmm. hopefully when you have a doctor who's willing to work with you and what fits, again, the individual woman. Um, I've also had probably three clients or so that I personally thought Marquette was going to be a better fit for them. And um, 
I recommended it to actually multiple times because you got to be careful. I'm like, I just want to inform them. I want you to know. And another yeah. good thing I think for instructors to do is, is, is what I like to tell my clients. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm here to serve you. Right. So like, please know you have the freedom to stop using this system, to stop using me as an instructor. If you want, I'm just trying to provide you with, with the information that's going to help you succeed and whatever your, whatever your plans are. And it, it, it shocked me to see that many of them wanted to stick with Creighton. But again, I always keep that door open. Um, if something, actually there's one um, that did eventually end up making a point with Marquette, but she wants to keep um, charting with Creighton too. So it's just what, what women can do and couples can do. And we just give them all the information, whether, whether we're talking about method options or healthcare options, right? Like women, we know we have the birth control option, but like, why not give them these multiple options and show, show them the flexibility, hopefully that, that um, physicians and instructors can offer. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is something that I, I personally felt and that I've certainly come across with other women that I've talked to is that there's this sense of, for lack of a better way to describe it, brand loyalty, um, that like when you get plugged in here, it's like, oh, I, I, I can't switch instructors. I can't switch methods because then that means I failed or that, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm like, my instructor's been with me in this really vulnerable space and it's going to be like a breakup, you know, and I totally understand that. But, you know, like you just said, your instructor is there to serve the woman and to help her read her chart and, or to learn her fertility and to be able to chart her fertility with confidence. And if that's not happening, one of two things either needs to change. You need to change instructors or you need to change methods. And, um, sometimes making an instructor switch is an, is a cheaper switch because you're not having to restart, um, like buying materials and so on. Um, but that's not always the, the best fit. Sometimes it actually, you do actually need to make a method switch. And then like you're talking about, you can go back and forth. Um, you can use them for different purposes. You can use them in conjunction. Um, and hopefully you're working with an instructor who doesn't have the whole, I do have the best method. And like, you could, you don't have to do it on the down low. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so that's, but that's all in the service of like, this is about expanding women's health and putting women's health in their hands and like letting them make the, the best decision for them. Um, so I know people are probably listening and they're like, okay, but when are they going to get to like how to pick the best method for me? Um, <laughs> did we already do that? Yeah, I know. Right. I um, I mean, go, go to fanbase.org. We have all Shameless sorts of plug. Yeah. Plug. I mean, this is our podcast. I don't think That's it's right. It's not even, plug. yeah, it's just, this is what we do. Um, but one of the things that I like to point out that both of us kind of highlighted in a certain way, um, there's different, there's a lot of different considerations that you have whenever you're picking a method. And so I kind of like to give people a framework. Um, you know, you have to take into consideration your relationship status. Um, are you single? Are you dating? Are you, you know, do you have like a long-term partner? Are you married? Like what, what's your relationship status? Um, are they involved? Do you want them to be involved? What is that conversation going to look like? So couples who like that might be high on your, your priority list, um, Marquette becomes beneficial because it's very easy for your partner to just take, like, take a stick and put it in the monitor or to read the monitor. Like there's something concrete and tangible about that, um, that I know a lot of men like, um, so that's an example. Another thing is, is your your psychological and your, your mental, um, disposition. So like for me, for example, Creighton was really difficult postpartum because like you said, you're getting a PhD in cervical mucus. I was not in the headspace to get a PhD. You know, <laughs> I knew that after the fact. Um, so your, your mental health is, is a huge component here and different methods are going to be different levels of stress. Um, also, you know, when you get into your own like cycle or health issues, is that something that you're already kind of clued into? Do you have PMS or PMDD or do you have unusual bleeding or painful or heavy periods or even painful ovulation? Are there already cycle issues that you are aware of, even if you've been told they're normal, they're not 
Um, like, are those, are there those types of things that you'd like to be clued in on? Um, and then, you know, once you kind of go down this list of things, and I think too, you know, um, do you have, um, other concerns like environmental concerns? I know like for some people, um, who are more environmentally conscious, symptohormonal methods are difficult for them because there is a lot of waste, um, with the sticks and so on. Um, so like, once you kind of go through this list, oh, and then also like, what is, what are, what are your family planning needs? Like, do you, is it like hardcore trying to avoid, you know, we're open to avoiding conceiving or kind of like in between, you know, whatever, um, or like desperately trying to conceive, right? So where are, where do you fall on that spectrum? Taking all of those categories and then prioritizing them. What's your top priority? And like, what do, what do you need to satisfy the most? For some couples, you know, making sure that they have the most available days is going to be really important. That might be offset by the, if, by if you have um, irregular cycles, that might be difficult to navigate. So even though available days may be highest priority, making sure that you get your cycle regularized, I don't think that's a word, but whatever. <laughs> is actually going to be your goal because if you get your cycle to be regular, that will actually help to get you more usable days. So in that sense, you know, all methods can help you get to the point where you have a regular cycle because all methods are going to tell you what's going on in your body. And you can take that information and pursue um, health interventions, medical interventions. Um, so then you kind of go down your list of other priorities. Well, you know, what is my mental state and what is, you know, what do I, do I need the ease of just peeing on a stick or do I actually want to get into the nitty gritty and get my PhD in mucus observations, right? Like, um, or is that all too complicated? And I kind of just want to be, you know, someone would really like to be really in tune with their bodies. Billings would be a great method right? Um, because it's all about vaginal sensation. So it's all about um, really tuning into how you feel um, at, I believe it's at the vulva, um, like vulvar sensation. So whatever the, the vagina or cervix secretes, I'm botching this. Anyway, so that's just kind of like, as you're going through that, there's so much to think about, about you individually and uniquely and you kind of plug in all the answers and it's like, you could come out with all sorts of different reasons why this method would be good or that method would be good. And I think ultimately it just kind of comes down to like that prioritization. Like for me, when I switched to Marquette, my mental health and the need to avoid a pregnancy in the most simple way possible was the top priority. And that's why Marquette worked. Um, and Mary, for you, like your health and having that surgical medical component was the top priority. And so that's why Creighton worked for you. And so I think, you know, like going through all those different facets and then saying, okay, which one is the most important to me can help you really narrow down which method would fit best. Yeah. And that's the thing with Creighton. So we talked about getting a PhD in cervical mucus. It's the thing that makes it hard for a lot of women is because it's so involved. The, the method is researched to be uh, it's most effective when the woman is making a hundred percent observations. And that's a lot. It's not just the, you know, distinguishing between the different kinds of mucus, but it's also the frequency in which you're observing um, and the things to write down, which at first can feel cumbersome. So I always like to give women healthy expectations. Like if this is a good method fit for you, it often, it does get better, but at first it's going to be hard. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot of habits that you're going to be forming. So I just want to prepare you for that. It will get better. Again, if, if it's a good method fit, then this will get, it will become more natural, but also that, like I was talking about the, 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 what makes it difficult for a lot of women in making up to, you know, getting as close to hundred percent observations as possible is actually something that made it necessary for me because it, it wasn't, it's, it's also gathering all the information that my body has to offer. So like, I'm not missing that unusual bleeding, that little bit spotting that actually matters. But if you're not paying close attention, you might miss some of that. And it's, it's developing that data over time that tells a story. 
Um, something, another factor to consider that I wanted to add to you, what you were just saying too, that might make it different for the individual woman is what her cycle looks like. So Mm -hmm. I can tell when, you know, I have various clients there, there have various different looking cycles and charts. I mean, they all look so different and unique. I can tell who's going to have an easier time charting and determining days of fertility and infertility in one woman over the other. So don't, don't base your decision off like one thing. It can be multiple things. What, what, what makes it hard for one woman's personality could just be how her chart looks, how, how her cycle is charted on the actual chart. But for the next person, the cycle is actually a lot easier to chart. And so that's something else to consider. I know that you're only going to know that so much before you start, but you can have a surface level idea probably of, um, what your chart looks like. I mean, um, what your cycle looks like, you know, you know, how many days you bleed for the most part, you know, how long your cycle is just basic things. Do you have mucus every single day? Like there's some things that you can tell that will help you make this decision too. Yeah. And, um, I kind of want to pivot to just, you know, the, some of like the other benefits. I know one of the questions I get a lot, a lot is about postpartum charting and it it can be murderous, but, um, you know, because as your fertility returns, if you're breastfeeding or not breastfeeding, it's just, your hormones are just doing some wackadoodle stuff and it's going to show up in your chart and it's going to be frustrating And, um, I would be remiss if I did not mention, um, I'm like making Marquette sound easy. It's not easy. (laughs) It's simple, but it's not easy. Absolutely. No method of fertility awareness is easy because every single method is going to bring you face to face with the reality of your very real, very sometimes unpredictable cycle. Um, and that's not an easy reality to, to face. And then of course the implications on your real life and your relationships and so on and so forth. Like that's none of it's easy. Um, and I know Mary, you talked about this. It's like, what are you willing to give up? You wrote that great, um, blog about comparing different options. Like with each option, you know, you including birth control. Exactly. Like, and so with birth, birth control versus fertility awareness, like in both cases, you're giving something up. So it kind of comes down to what are you willing to give up? Um, and so, you know, just, just to kind of, to frame everything that we're talking about, like none of this is easy, but, um, you know, I've actually counseled a, a coaching client. She was dealing with, um, postpartum depression And, um, she was on Zoloft. Um, she didn't, she didn't really want to be on Zoloft. And so I knew that Creighton, when, when you're charting with postpartum, like one of the things that you can do that they actually target and that they kind of specialize in is doing progesterone supplementation. And that actually helps to greatly alleviate the symptoms of postpartum depression, almost to make it go down to zero. Even like within the same day or two. And you don't have to be charting with Creighton. That's one thing that like, yeah. I, th- I don't even think, I don't, I don't know that it, they all always even draw the blood because they already know progesterone's low. It's just how it right. affects different women. They'll literally like, it can't, it's not going to hurt you. Just take this, see if it helps and start from there and then go, go from there. Yeah. And I've had plenty of Marquette instructors tell me that they can do that as well. Cause all Marquette instructors are licensed medical professionals. So, um, you kind of, you get that, um, that too, but I, I did just kind of want to circle back and emphasize, like when I do get those questions about method choice for postpartum and postpartum charting, probably one of the most important aspects is going to be the mental aspect because, you know, you're, like I said, your hormones are wackadoodle, you're sleep deprived, there's this new stress of like, you're keeping a newborn alive. Uh, there's a lot going on. Like if you've had a C-section like me, like you're recovering from major surgery and your doctor was probably like, yeah, go home and rest and you'll be fine. And it's like, <laughs> you cut through eight layers, lady. Like I need a little bit more <laughs> recovery. That's a, that's a podcast for another day. But anyway, um, you know, whatever method, if you're needing to make a switch or whatever, whatever method is not going to add complication and, and further impair your mental health 
is so vitally important for that time. You do not have to try harder (laughs) is my point at any point in any stage of life, um, with fertility awareness. It's not about, you know, we talk about this periodically, but this is like kind of a trap that a lot of Catholics and Christians fall in. It's like, oh, suffering is good. I should just be trying harder and it's sacrifice. It's like, or you can find a different method <laughs> that doesn't make you go crazy or, you know, whatever. Anyway. Um, yeah, relieve suffering when it can be relieved, do everything that you can to make it go away. Yes. <laughs> and in the interim, in the interim, you can bear it with, you know, um, magnanimous sanctity, but we're kind of alleviating the suffering. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, you know, there's again with postpartum, there's, there's no one right answer. I know a lot of people are like, well, just do Marquette, but for some people it's cost prohibitive. Um, again, some people who are maybe more environmentally conscious, um, and, you know, for some women, it might be a method switch and that's, Oh, I have to go through this whole instructor. Some women actually just, they, they liked their method that they had before. And so it's just a matter of following up with their instructor and getting postpartum protocols and making sure that they have frequent follow-ups for the postpartum period in whatever method that they do. Um, it's not that you can't do Creighton postpartum. It did not work for me. Um, but it's not that you can't do it. I know plenty of women who do it. Some women who don't have any mucus at all postpartum, they're like, yeah, it was great. And I'm like, good for you. (laughs) I don't envy you at all. Um, no, it just, it, it is a complicated question and there's, there's not a, unfortunately, I wish, I mean, it would be on a certain level. It would be nice if there was just a black and white answer here, but on the other level, it's like the whole point is that there isn't a black and white answer because no woman is the same. So there, there can't be a one size fits all here for any situation. I love to think of it as just celebrating our individuality. It's really, I mean, it's really what it does. And we have all these options, which really um, just celebrates the feminine genius and our ability to make these decisions, um, our ability to do hard things. Um, and, and learn this information because we can handle it. I mean, again, you were talking about, like Dr. Cobble said, it is hard. It is, there is a maturity level there, but also we're kind of fighting against a culture that says like, you know, just pop the pill and you avoid it. It's too much. much. Yeah. I mean, so, so this is something that you can do. Um, Mm. yeah, it's just a matter of, of, of figuring out what questions to ask and, and, and lining up your priorities and, and that could change over time. That's the other, a lot of, you know, our, your, your reproductive category changes, your intentions change from, you know, with avoiding and achieving pregnancies, um, your health, it needs change, especially as we age. I mean, environmental factors, age alone is going to change things as we get older. So maybe one method fit great for the first 10, 15 years, but you know, things are changing. Maybe it's time to make a switch or not. I mean, who knows? It's going to be, it's going to be individual. Yes. Normalize switching methods. Normalize it. Like it's, I, I know. And I know, like, it, like I said, it can be cost prohibitive. I know that very well. Like I said, within three years, we learned three different methods and it costs us pro- anywhere from a thousand to $1,500. It's crazy. Um, but it, you know, yeah that you, you, you get this method and, you know, it's not like birth control. You don't get on this pill and stay on it for years and years and years and have it do the same thing because the pill is about shutting down your system and your individuality and fertility awareness is about identifying it and understanding it. And so, yeah, you know, because we, we change, like I think about myself now versus who I was 10 years ago and whoa, buddy, I mean, I'm still me, but I'm just, I'm a very, very different person. I used to be like very extroverted. And let me tell you two kids, I'm just kind of like, you know, (laughs) sitting in my room alone with a good, give me my alone time. I know. I'm like, give me space and quiet. I used to be that person who was like, I, I can't imagine sitting in a coffee shop by myself. And now I'm like, I would kill. 
I would kill for that. So it's like we change, yeah. but then like that's the whole point. Cause if we don't change, you know, the white picket fence story, if you don't keep, you know, keep maintaining it and all that type of stuff, it just, if you're not changing and growing, you're atrophying. So having to make method switches, like, yeah, let's normalize it. Anyway, I also want to, I also want to put the financial situation into perspective, just to say that like, yes, it is something that is important that we really need to consider, but also you spend money on the things that are important. And if your mental health is important, if, if this, you know, your priority, whatever it is that your needs in, in family planning or health, if that's important, like we find a way to pay for things that have that value. So just to just put that into perspective, I think is also helpful. Even if just a short amount of time or a longer amount of time, just it's valuable to consider those things top priority. Yeah. I think that's a good point too, because, you know, when you think about the side effects of, of especially long-term use of hormonal birth control, you know, what kind of medical costs are you going to be potentially racking up long-term, you know, I mean, that, you, yeah. So it's like, you can, you can start to think these through in that type, in that type of way. And, um, you know, maybe it's money you'd never have to spend no matter what, but you know, yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you value? What do you, what do you prioritize? And yeah. And that's the thing with birth control, you're maybe not spending as much, probably not, but with yeah. fertility awareness, you're getting a person. <laughs> Yeah, you're getting hopefully an advocate when it's a good fit. So you're getting method instruction, you're getting materials, but you're also getting a person who you can ask questions to, who, again, if it's a, it's a good instructor, a good fit, they're going to be able to give you direction that is really invaluable. So just consider those things too. Yeah. And, you know, we could, we could go on for another hour talking about the importance of being recognized as a human being in a medical related field. Um, but I think we need to wrap it up (laughs) about that time as we wrap up season one, we will wrap up this episode. So, um, you have anything else you want to add? No, no, we've said it all. There's not much more. Well, this is fertility awareness. There's always more to say. Consider this part one of method wars. Just kidding. Um, anyway, thank y'all so much for enjoying, for joining us for this important discussion and especially for joining us for season one. We couldn't be more thrilled to do this. We may or may not be sprinkling some bonus episodes throughout the summer. So please stick around. Um, and if you don't mind, leave us a rating and review that really helps us to be noticed by other people out there so they can get this great information too. So until next time, we wish y'all the very best. Thanks for listening to our conversation. If you enjoy The Intersect, would you mind giving us a rating and leaving a review? You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Browse our unique website at fabmbase.org where you'll find easy to digest information on all things fertility awareness and information on how to contact us with questions or to book us for a speaking engagement. We're so glad you hung out with us today and we can't wait till next time.